Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. I want to I want to ask this question. Christmas is all about the birth of a child, right? We've all seen the pictures if you've driven through Bandra and you've driven past that big furniture store, there's always a big sort of who knows that furniture store where they've just it's getting bigger every year. Um, and uh, there's always a crib in the middle of that where, there's, where it signifies there's a baby that was born. And the question that I want to answer for you tonight was, who was that child? You may already know. But what was that child about? Uh, why was it that when that child was born, that Zoroastrians, Zoroastrians came over from afar, they came from Persia over to Jerusalem to actually give as, uh, uh, gifts to that baby? And they didn't just come with any gifts, they actually came with gifts for a king. They didn't just come with, you know, I mean, you've seen the pictures, I don't know if you have. You may have seen the pictures of the three wise men, you know. The three wise men are kind of holding little gifts like this, and, and they, they're standing over the crib. That, that's historically incorrect. They would have come with caravans. You don't, you don't give little boxes of gifts to kings when they're born. It was, it, it was such a big deal that Herod, who was the king of the, of the land at that time, got so worried that someone had come to dethrone him that he killed every firstborn baby in that whole area. Did you know that? Quite a piece of work, that old Herod. You know, when, when Jesus was born, even, the, even, even the, the fact that he was born to a virgin, that was a prophecy that was given thousands of years beforehand. Who was this child? Who was this baby? And why was he born? Why, why do we still celebrate this? The thing is this, that you have to understand. These people, when Jesus was born, they already had their traditions in place. They were a pious people. You know, these people, they actually had laws in place that would protect them from breaking the absolute law. You know how like you put a fence in front of a hole so you don't fall down the hole? That's what their laws were. They were so pious. They were so strict in the way they lived. These were good people. Why did they need this Jesus to come? They already had their stuff. They already had their things that they were doing. They already had their religion. And their piety, their goodness, it was based on something. Their piety was based on the fact that God is incredible. The Bible talks about God in all his majesty. That word majesty, I love this word majesty. I've been reading about this word majesty this week. It means two things. It means greatness and splendor. Who stood outside when you've gotten out of Bombay and you, so you've seen the stars? And you're like, man, firstly, I knew they were up there somewhere <laughs> and I can finally see them. And secondly, it's, wow. Who stood at the base of the Himalayas? Who's seen them from a distance? Who? You can put up your hand if you have. Got a few people. Who's looked out of the window of an aeroplane while you're flying somewhere and gone, wow. These feelings that we get, where we feel small, where we feel little, where we begin to wonder, Maybe there is something more to all of this than just me. Maybe there is a God who created the, this, all of this stuff, and there's, He's way more 
than I am. And when we, when we sense his majesty. See, the rules that these pious people had, they were based on the majesty of God. They were based on the fact that God was awesome and that they wanted to be with God. Just like us. I think everyone in this room would have some sort of relationship with God. I don't know what it is. But in each one of us, there would be this desire to know the awesomeness of God. To know how amazing He is. To know how incredible He is. I know that's for me. What I desire. And see, they had constructed entire rules, laws around becoming like God. And they thought it was like this. As long as you do the rules, as long as you get the laws right, the spiritual laws, you've heard of the Ten Commandments, as long as you can do the Ten Commandments, then God would be with you and you could be like God. But the majesty of God doesn't answer a few things. Three things, in fact. It doesn't answer the, 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 the problem of sin. Who knows that no matter how hard you try, Somewhere along the line, you're going to be tempted and you're going to fall into what you know is sin. I mean, let's be honest. I know for me, I'm just going to talk for myself. I don't want to make anyone feel bad here tonight. But I know for myself, no matter how hard I try, I know that sometimes, not all the times, about once a year, just kidding. <laughs> for me, it's a struggle. Sin is real. No matter how hard we try, we still let down our guard from time to time and ourselves get the better of us and we, 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 we fall into places, we lose it with someone or we, we do something or we fail here or we fall into that thing that we've been trying to run away from and it gets us. Sin's a problem. The second thing, which is a problem for us, is suffering. The majesty of God doesn't bring an answer for our suffering. Doesn't bring an answer for our sin. And the third thing that, 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 that is there is death. Death. I don't mean to get too, I don't want to dwell on this for too long on Christmas Day, because, on Christmas Eve, because it's supposed to be a happy time, and it is, but it's a happy time because of what I'm about to tell you. But these three things, the majesty of God, and you trying to get to God and be with Him because He's so majestic and He's so awesome, isn't going to deal with these three things. It doesn't. Those three things stay the same for us. That's why a set of spiritual laws is not enough. That's why when people come and present to you the 10 steps to being a better person, the 10 steps to getting closer to such and such or doing this or doing that, there'll always be rules in place and you'll continue to do those laws, but they won't deal with these three things. They won't deal with death. They won't deal with suffering and they won't deal with sin. Because the law is not enough. I'm not talking about the law of the land. I'm talking about the law of God, the laws of the universe. It won't save you. Let's come back to this child that was in a crib. That baby child that was born that day, that we'll celebrate tomorrow as Christmas. This child is God's answer to the problem. This child was God's answer to sin. It's God's answer to suffering and God's answer to death. I want to read you a scripture, if you, wouldn't let, if you wouldn't mind, if you wouldn't let me, if you wouldn't mind letting me. John chapter 1, verse 14, says this. 
You know, I was looking at this thing when I was on the drums. I'm going, I was going to kick that. I just knew I was going to do it. I just knew. I was like, I'm going to kick that thing. It's just going to happen. And it's going to fall down. It's going to be awkward. And here I am. <laughs> Bit of comedy relief after my death talk and all of that. It's all good. I might kick it again. Okay. John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I just want to focus in on one thing right there. The, the first or the second word, which is, what is it? Word. The Word became flesh. This was a guy called John, who was one of the witnesses of, of Jesus, who actually walked with Jesus. He's written a book called John. And it's in the Bible. The Bible is a compilation of all sorts of different people who all tell the same things about God. That's the crazy thing about the Bible. It's 66 books all compiled together that all tell the same story. It's not just one author that sat under a tree and got a, a coconut drop on his head and, and, and decided to write something down. It's not like that at all. This is the amazing thing about the Bible. John was one of these people and he was actually one of the eyewitnesses of Jesus. He says this, the Word became flesh. Who is the Word? The Word is Jesus. You can know that because if you read the book of John, you'll see that John is talking about Jesus when he says the word. He, he was, he's also says in the, beginning of the, in, the, in the beginning of his book, he says that, that, that Jesus was in, as the word, he was in, uh, he, before the beginning of the world, he was there. He was present. Okay? And then it says the word became flesh. This word was Jesus. See, the word of God... I want you to hear this. The Word of God, you're going to get this in a moment. The Word of God was the answer to the problem that God's majesty presents to us. The Word of God was God's answer. The Word of God is Jesus. This was God's answer to the problem of sin, death and suffering. See, the Word became flesh. But if you would actually put this word into word words, I hope I'm not confusing you right now. But if you were to put these words into words, or this word into words, this was what it would, the words would actually be. You ready? I love you. I love you. This was the word. Jesus, the word of God, was God's love to you and I. One John, another book written by John, and it's got numbers in front of it. One John, it's a little bit later in the Bible. It says, it says this in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. It says, this, this is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son, the Word, that we might... What's that word? that we might live. And when we're talking about living in Christ, I'm, I'm not talking about just living up, you know, having a good life. I'm talking about eternity because that's what the Bible talks about. And, and, and it's not just that. You see, when we live in Him, when we begin to live in Christ, the thing about this baby that was born in this crib, when he grew up and he was 33 years old, they hung him on a cross because he was so revolutionary and he was so different and he stood out that they, the, the people who had set up all the rules and the laws, they didn't know what to do with him anymore because he was getting such a following. He was getting such a, like everyone would just wanted to be with this Jesus. 
So they just said, well, we're going to lose what we have and we're going to lose our authority here. We're going to lose our position here. So we'll hang this guy. We'll put him on a cross. But the fact is this, he didn't die. Well, he did die, but he came back again. So when he says we're going to live in him, I want you to hear this. When, we, when it says we live in him, it means this. Death, we have victory over because he had victory over it. Sin, we have victory over in him because he had victory over it. It says that he lived this life without sinning. And he says, come follow me. And he's going to show us how not to sin. He shows us, he fills us with his spirit and we actually begin to walk with him. And he shows us what it is to walk without sin. And then suffering. There's a scripture in the Bible written by a guy called David. It's in the Psalms and it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of, the death, of, of death, I will fear no evil. Why would he say that? Because he knew something about God. That no matter what this life presents to us, and let me tell you something, life presents stuff to us. Who's been through suffering? Who knows the taste of suffering? I know I do. But His presence in your world is enough to give you victory through that, where you can continue to walk and do life and do life well. And He heals you, He comforts you, He consoles you, He counsels you, He helps you. The problem of sin, death and suffering was solved by God's love. This is what you've got to understand. When Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit were sitting in heaven and they saw these problems with us as humans, they can see the suffering, they can see the sin, they can see the death. They didn't stand up there and say, oh, look, we created those guys down there. I just, you know, so sad, you know, so sad. It's so sad that they have to suffer through all of this stuff and we're just going to stay up here and, uh, and watch. I just love them so much though. I love them so much. That's not what God did. If God did that, he, it means he doesn't really love us because let me tell you something about love. Love does. Love does. What God said, he said, look at my children whom I've created. Look how they're suffering. Look how they're dying. Look how they are not overcoming sin. I know what to do. I'm going to send my son. He spoke a word. And he said, I love them. And Christ was born. That baby changed everything. I want to just leave you with a thought. Our approach to God is through love. But here's the mistake a lot of people make. And here's the mistake a lot of people make about this faith that I profess as a follower of Christ. They think that this faith is all about loving God. Me loving God. It kind of is, but it's not about my love for God. It's not about how much devotion you give God. It's not about how much you love Him that makes you right with Him. What makes you right with God is His love for you. And His love, His love was Jesus. 
That's actually how he performed it. That's when he said, I love them. That's who appeared was Jesus. We get this wrong. We kind of talk about love. Oh, you know, you know go, it's all about love. Jesus is about love. You know, I, I've heard so many people, oh, it's just all about love. What does that even mean? What does that even mean, love? I've had, you know, people say, I love you, and they didn't mean it. Who's had that before? 50 years of counselling, I'm over it now. <laughs> just kidding, I'm just playing with you. I'm only 23. <laughs> but my wife, Rachel, I know she loves me because she's still with me. Not because she tells me, because she's still with me. It's something she's done, right? God has done something for you. His name is Jesus. I wouldn't leave Jesus lying in the crib. I wouldn't leave Jesus as a picture that you see. I wouldn't leave Jesus on a statue that you kind of look at and wonder who that was or who that is or what it is about those people that follow him and they have that way different culture and it's all so different. I wouldn't leave him there. I would get to know the message of love that was sent, the fullness of the message if I was you. I just want to leave you with that thought this Christmas because Jesus is love. Amen. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.